What's going on, Shah? You're listening to Yusuf and Bakar with New Parents Podcast, where we bring a global perspective to you. We have a special guest on a podcast today. Her name is Amina. I've known her for almost 10 years. We've traveled a couple of countries together, and she's one of the bravest people I know. Welcome on the show, Amina. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. It's great to talk with you guys. And today she's on a podcast to talk about her solo travel through Turkey. And for to celebrate Women's Month, we actually making history today by having our first female on appearance. All right. Let's go. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. And uh, Amina, why did you decide to travel to Turkey? I had heard a lot about Turkey. So I've been to Turkey three times. Uh, the first time I went with my family and we'd always heard it was beautiful. The landscape, there's so much to offer. Uh, there's a lot of Islamic history. Uh, so that's why we chose Turkey as a family. And then when I chose to go on my own, I wanted to go somewhere alone. And I chose Turkey just because I had been there. It was familiar to me. It was my first solo travel. Uh, so I wanted to choose somewhere more familiar. So that's why I chose Turkey. And it was just a beautiful spot. I loved it from the very beginning, from the first time I went. Where all in Turkey did you go? Uh, so I started with Istanbul. I flew into Istanbul. And then I wanted to explore some major cities that I had seen a lot online and everything that uh, people recommended. So what I did was I went to Horace Agency. And I had them book me direct bus rides to all these different cities. So I went to Istanbul. I started in Istanbul. Then I went to Cappadocia. Then I went to Pamukkale. And then Fethiye. And then back up to Istanbul again. So I got to see about five cities while I was there. Oh, wow. You went all over the place. I, I did. Awesome. I was there for about a whole month. So I definitely got the opportunity to see, what? <laughs> wow. to see some cities and spend some time in each one. That's incredible. And you went solo. And I went solo. And it was amazing. I think uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my capabilities. Um, and I think you can definitely enjoy a place when you're not in a rush with other people. Uh, so it definitely has its benefits. How was it traveling as a woman solo to Turkey? I will say I was a little, a little worried just because of everything you hear. Like I said, the reason I chose Turkey is just because I was more familiar with it. So I chose to start in a city that I had spent some time with my family in, Istanbul. And then I went from there. You know, I like to keep my like safety precautions. So I, I tried to be as safe as possible, but I definitely don't like anything holding me back. So I, I just did my research. Um, like I said, I booked it with like a tour agency once I got there. Because if you do it from home here online, it's so expensive. But I did it there and I think it cost me about $800 for them to plan it all out. Hostels, food, bus rides everywhere. So that the price wasn't bad when I got there. It's all inclusive. It was all inclusive. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's um, nuggets. So it was really good. And the whole thing probably took me about... 10 days, I want to say. So I spent more time in Istanbul, but then the whole thing to go from city to city um, with the tour was about 10 days. So I heard Istanbul has amazing bazaars. Can you elaborate on that? They do. Um, they have a spice bazaar. They have like the clothing and the uh, like item bazaars and they're amazing. You can bargain there. 
Uh, I'm not the best bargainer, but uh, you can definitely do it there. When I went with my family, my dad was all about that. You can get find some really good deals. You can get amazing things from there. And it's kind of like if a mall was outside, I, I would think kind of more actually like a flea market, except of course, everything is new. But that vibe, tents, uh, different people at each station. I love bazaars. I prefer them over malls. Uh, the Spice Bazaar, I'll say they had some outdoor and they also had some indoor. If you go through this little area, it's kind of like an indoor mall, I guess, for the spices. But it's more expensive indoor. If you go- wait till you get to the end outdoors, it's a lot cheaper. And their spices are very fresh. Uh, so we always get our spices usually from overseas when we travel. But the quality is great and it's very, very, very cheap compared to here. What else is Turkey known for? Like if I wanted to go there to get like stuff and bring it back to America and give it to people, what would it be? They're known for their rugs as well. Um, So I would have loved to have bought one of their rugs. They do them all hand, like a lot of them are handmade. Mm. Um, And they'll show them to you when they have like the double stitch in them. Uh, So very good quality. I saw one that I really liked over there, but I have expensive taste. It is about $1,500. So I didn't get it. Um, but their rugs are beautiful and they can do uh, tapestries. They can do rugs. They could do pictures with it. It's amazing. So I can have a rug with my face on it, 10 foot by 10 foot in my room. If I really want it, is that possible? I think it would definitely take some them time because they do it hand by hand. So it takes a long, long, long time. Have I seen some like tapestries with like actual people? Yes. But could they do it specifically to you? I think it would take, because rugs take forever. That's why, that's one of the reasons why they're so expensive. But if they're good quality, they also last a long time. Could you have watched them make it? I've seen people do it by hand. Um, I didn't see them do it in Turkey, though. So I I saw the the finished products in Turkey. I bet it's pretty interesting either way. It is. They're also known, actually, I did see um, them make pottery. They're also known for pottery. And I did go to a where they would actually make the pottery from hand. They do a lot of ceramics and the ceramics, they hand paint. So that was really interesting to see from start to finish. Hand painted ceramics. Mm -hmm. Wow. And some of them actually, they glow in the dark. What? It's amazing. (laughs) Like they they use the paint they use on them. They can glow in the dark. It, It was really, really cool. So tell me about the landscape and the natural aspect of Turkey. So this is one of the things I love the most about Turkey. You can find everything. Uh, you can see the mountains. You ha- They have the Bosphorus, which separates the European and the Asian side in Istanbul, which is amazing. They have lakes. They have beaches and the sea. They have the fairy chimneys in Cappadocia. So they have everything in Turkey. It's It's just amazing. Did you go on a cruise there? I did. So when I, one of the things when I had them book the tour for me, I'd heard about this cruise that you could do for three nights and four days. And it takes you from Fethiye to the waters around the coast of Turkey. And it's beautiful. The water there is Gatorade blue. It's beautiful. I usually don't swim in the sea or the ocean because I have a fear of sharks, but that water was so tempting. So I actually got in. It's I think it's the most beautiful place I've ever seen. 
ever seen. And you've been in, ever seen. you've been in many places. So that is high, high praise coming from me. Ever seen. Fetier, if you can, if you have the opportunity to take a cruise from there, I highly recommend it. How do you spell Fetier for the listeners? It's uh, F-E-T-H-I-Y-E. What language do they speak in Turkey? Uh, so the main language is Turkish, but from when I went by myself, I don't know a lot of Turkish. I don't know a lot of, I know a little bit of Arabic, um, but I was able to get by because so many people know um, English, especially in Istanbul. So they're they're pretty good with the English. Um, obviously, it's courteous, you know, to try and do your best to speak the local language, I believe, but I didn't have any any problems at all communicating over there. That's good to know. I can get around pretty easily. I can, you know, go from Blue Mosque to Hagia Sophia to, you know, the Spice Bazaar. For sure. And their their transportation system, they have it in um, English as well. And they have it where it's like a chart. So, oh, my God, their transportation system is the best. It could take you to all the highlights in Istanbul. I believe it was just a a couple lira, uh, which is their currency over there, the lira. Um, So it was very easy to navigate. And I'm not the best with directions. And I was able to do it, no problem. That's good to know, because I know going to another country, sometimes the hardest thing is just getting to point A to point B. Speaking of a lira, uh, how many liras are in a dollar? Like how, how much could a lira get you? So right now, I believe the lira is at seven, seven to one dollar. Um, so it was a little bit less when we went. But right now I'd heard the lira went down. So it's a great time if you're trying to go to Turkey the dollar, you know, you'll get a lot for your dollar. So I definitely recommend going. Let's go. Turkey is next destination. <laughs> Turkey is that's, that's the next one. Bang for your buck. Would you recommend staying in a hostel, Airbnb, or hotel? What would you recommend for people visiting Turkey? So I think it all depends on who you're going with. Uh, so for a family vacation, I would recommend a hotel. We got you know, a lot for our money. We were able to get a really nice hotel in Sultan Ahmed, which is right next to the Blue Mosque, right next to the Hagia Sophia. Great location. Uh, Not too far from the Bosphorus. It was amazing. If you're going solo and you don't mind doing the hostels, that's what I did. They have female-only dormitories. So if you just want, you know, the girls, that's great. If you're going with a mixed group, they have mixed dormitories. But I had no problem staying in a hostel, and they were very clean. All the ones that I stayed in over there for a month were great. I didn't have any problems with any of them. And it was very cheap. I think one, for a day in Istanbul at a hostel, it was $12. And that included breakfast. Oh, so, man. and a great view. The view was amazing from that's, the top of the building. How much was food out there? Uh, food, food was affordable as well. You could probably get uh, a meal, a good meal for 30 some lira, which would be like kebab and rice. But if you wanted to do like a shawarma sandwich, you know, on the go, I want to say it was between 12 and 15 lira, maybe with a drink 17. Um, so cheap, cheap as well. And they have fresh fruit. Sometimes, you know, all I would have mm. for lunch would just be some fresh fruit, fresh juice. Uh, they have so much street food you can get. If you're into oysters, you can get fresh oysters just on the side of the road. You can get samit, which is um, these, they look like circle bagels, but thinner, crunchier, and they have sesame seeds on them. You mm. can get that for a couple lira. Chestnuts they have on the sides, like for street food, corn. So definitely a lot of street food. Any donors? 
Is that how you say that? Donor, yeah. I said shower more earlier, oh, but yeah, donor. Thing? Donor, okay. yeah. So a donor is just like a sandwich. How would you describe it? It's, to me, it's like a shawarma because that's what I'm used to. How would you but describe a shawarma for the it's, it's, uh, It has meat inside, sometimes onions. They put French fries in them, which was new to me, and then just wrap it up and it's you eat it on the go. The Greeks do the same thing with their sublakis, gyros, yeah. uh, same thing. Mm-hmm. And they put fries in there. And I'm like, when I first got it in Athens, I was like, what? What is this? I, they don't do this in the States. I guess this is the authentic version. It was a trip. I loved it, though. It was delicious. That's pretty cool. It actually compares to the San Diego, I mean, the California burrito, just in the Greek. Ah, because they put fries in that, too. Yeah, they put, yeah. What else? What was your favorite thing in Turkey? My favorite food would be a Thai. So for breakfast, I love how their breakfast is so light and healthy. So you'll have yogurt, you'll have cucumbers, you'll have cheeses, chai, like tea. I'm used to the American breakfast, which can be a little bit heavy, you know, pancakes, <laughs> waffles and bagels, all, yes. you know, all of that. So right. I definitely loved the light, healthy breakfast. Uh, so and I got used to it after being there for like a month at home. That's what I was wanting. You have more energy in the morning if you have a light breakfast, especially when it's like vegetable and fruit based. I think so. Yeah. You're not weighed down. You're not stuffed. Exactly. For sure. Uh, but my favorite dish uh, would be menti. And what that is, it's dumplings and they stuff it with meat. So the one I had was stuffed with lamb. And then they put a sauce on the top. Um, and it's it, really three sauces, actually, that they put on top. One is a tomato sauce. One is a buttery sauce, a buttery brown sugar sauce, I believe. And then the last sauce is like um, a garlicky yogurt that they put on the top. And it's so good. I love yogurt. So this was by far my favorite dish. What are the people like in Turkey? They were friendly. You know, I enjoyed the people over there. Um, I will say in Istanbul, it was more like the city vibe. So I felt like everyone was kind of in a hurry. Go, 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 go. And I saw that a lot with like the driving, with yeah. like pedestrians crossing the road. I almost got hit a couple oh. times. Look both ways. <laughs> You're in their way when they're driving. So you did not get the right of way. <laughs> but no, they were good. They were really good. Very helpful. And like I said, I'm, I'm my Turkish is not the best. So they, they work with you. So that was really nice. I'm sure they're used to like hundreds of thousands of tourists per year. So they're just used to like tourists coming in now and just, you know, learn to speak English with them, things like that. In the big cities. Yeah. I think, I think that's the case there. Istanbul, you know, Cappadocia, they're used to all the tourists that, that come there for the hot air balloon ride. Pamukkale, they're used to the tourists. So I, yeah, I think so. I was just about to ask you if you rode the hot air balloon. I did. And oh my God, it was amazing. So what they do is this is in Cappadocia, um, which is, I wanted to say, I want to say like a 12 hour bus ride from Istanbul. I I went by bus um, the first time. The second time I went by plane. What it is, is they have a lot of fairy chimneys out there, which are these tall rock formations. Um, and in like back then people would live in them. Um, so you can still get like a hostel in these fairy chimneys, which I got to stay in one. It was super cool. Um, but the reason I went was because they do the hot air balloon ride over the fairy chimneys and they take you out at dawn. So they'll come to your hotel usually around four, four thirty, pick you up, 
get you out to um, the middle of like the fairy chimneys and then take you up. And you're out there for about an hour and a half, but just the views, like if you look online, you think it's Photoshop. It's not. Uh, it's beautiful. That's really what you'll see from the hot air balloon ride. It's amazing. How much was that hot air balloon ride? The hot air balloon ride, I want to say was about $100, $115. Definitely worth it, though, because it's it's a highlight. It's something I'll always remember in my life. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Like, it was so good. When I went again with my family this last year, I made sure to go again with my sister. That's how good it was. It was amazing. That's a bucket list item for me. Like, hot, hot air balloon, like, and turkey and Cappadocia. Beautiful, worth every penny. Same. I know that we touched on this topic earlier, but could you expand a little bit more about traveling through Turkey as a solo traveler, specifically as a female? So with with the plan that I had, um, they were taking me from city to city. I had the buses already picked out. They would come pick me up from the hostels. Uh, So everything, you know, was in order. One thing I will say, like I said, I like to be as safe as possible. So once it starts getting dark, probably, you know, I still like to have fun, like go out at night, see the nightlife. So after probably about 12 I would say I would try and start just making my way back to the hostel. Like I said, just trying to be as safe as possible, probably overboard, <laughs> but also just knowing my area. Uh, so once I get to a certain area, like, and that's why I picked Istanbul first, um, because I had already knew that area. So I, once I'm comfortable with a place, it's just better for me. Once you do it more than once, like after, you know, Turkey, I went to Canada by myself. So once, you know, the first big leap, I mean, it's, it gets a lot easier after, and you just find out a lot about yourself. So it, it's, it's great. How did it change you? I'll say I'm not as scared anymore. You definitely want to be aware. Things do Awareness happen. Awareness is key regardless of be where aware. you come from, where you're going. Just always have a baseline level of being careful, you know? So awareness, awareness of yourself and your surroundings, and you'll be good to go with that type of principle in mind. A hundred percent. But the, one of the reasons why I wanted to go off and do these things, like I said, to learn more about myself, but also make sure nothing holds me back. I don't want to live my life in fear. Don't believe everything you hear on the internet. Like, I mean, from when we went to Mexico, I mean, I learned so much going there and seeing it firsthand. If I had listened to the people that told me, no, it's not safe. So, you know, do your research, be smart about it, but it's okay to take some risks, I think, in life. Or else you're not living. Or else you know you're I mean? not living. I agree. 100%. That box is so limiting. It is. You lose so much. And just from this trip, you know, this is, I think, my favorite trip that I've been on. I've went on a lot of trips, but I think just going alone, spending a month away from everything was amazing and it's it's one of my favorite trips for sure what tips do you have for travelers who are looking to visit turkey well i would say first do your research you know see what you want to do turkey has so much to offer so you want to make sure that you hit the highlights um so with everything to offer and you know you probably have a limited amount of time do your research first Find it out. Um, it doesn't have to be day by day. You know, some people like going with the flow. I love that. 
Um, but you definitely want to make sure you can hit as much as you can because it's so big. It has so much to offer. Um, so I would definitely do that. Second, I would research also about the culture and the customs um, because you want to be as respectful as you can. And there are certain things that, you know, might be okay in your culture that might not be okay there. A couple of things you'll probably want to do and see in um, Sultan Ahmed, which is in Istanbul, is the Blue Mosque, the Hagia Sophia. Uh, both are considered mosques now. So both you want to make sure that you're able to go in and they'll tell you right at the front. So women have to be covering from their head to their feet. Um, your hair needs to be covered. Your You have to be covered to your uh, wrists and then to your feet. So you want to make sure you bring something, you know, you don't want to waste your day showing up in like jeans and a short t like shorts or like a short t sleeve t-shirt and not be able to go in. So, I mean, I said the girls, boys, you know, you can't wear shorts, you have to wear pants, but just in places like that. And some of them, they offer like uh, scarves nearby at bazaars so you can easily go get one if you don't have one. They're cheap. So, you know, that won't be a problem for you to get. But just, you know, be respectful of that. Their food, I would know like few things, what to say, what you need. So just learn a couple of words in the Turkish language. So, you know, you'll uh, be easy to get by. If you have your phone, Google Translator helps immensely. Uh, so you can use that. And just be aware, I think, you know, especially if you're going to be a female travel traveling alone, just be aware. You mentioned the Hagia Sophia and the Blue Mosque. Did you also go to Topkapi Palace? And what was your thoughts on all three? I did go to the Topkapi Palace. It was very ornate. I was able to take a tour throughout the whole thing. Inside, they didn't let me take pictures inside. You weren't allowed to. Actually, one of the guys got kicked out from when I went because he refused to put the camera away. Um, so that's another thing, like I said, just be respectful and s with things like that. But the grounds were beautiful. I definitely recommend it. They, the way we got our tickets was through, they did the palace and the museums together. So you had like two or three days where you can hit them and your ticket would last for three days. So that's what we did because we had some time to spare. But definitely recommend it. Even the museums were really awesome. If you want to see some history, definitely go. I saw Qurans that were super, super, super old, like some of the first that were written. So that was amazing to me. I saw some of the, if you know the Kaaba in Saudi Arabia, they had the black cloth on it. They had some of the old ones from there and where it has like all the gold beading on it. So things like that are amazing to me. I love it. Uh, the Blue Mosque, Hagia Sophia, I would definitely go to. Hagia Sophia, you'll see a lot of history because originally it was a church and then it was converted into a mosque and then a museum. And now it's back to being a mosque again. So you'll see a lot of history there, Christianity, history, Islam. Um, so that's amazing. And then the Blue Mosque, uh, it's actually called the Sultan Ahmed Mosque. But due to the the blue interior, a lot of tourists just call it the Blue Mosque. And that's amazing. The paintings in there, I think it's all hand done. It's really, really, really nice. So you'll definitely want to make sure you'll see all of those. And they're all right in Istanbul. So you can definitely get to all of them with the easy transportation. Would you recommend, because I remember when I was there, I was waiting in a crazy long line, at least in the high peak season that I actually went, it was a line that for at least 30, 45 minutes. Uh, would you recommend getting tickets online? 
If you can and they're not crazy expensive, yes. I will say be careful. Sometimes things are a lot more online than they are there. Uh, and it also depends on the time you go. So the last time we went with my family, the November, the line was crazy long, like how you mentioned, for Haga Sophia. So we weren't able to go. When I went by myself and the time before, the line wasn't that long. So I think it depends on what time of year you're going. And what time of year would you recommend to go? I've gone in November where it's not too hot. I've gone in summer. Um, I believe it was July, uh, which wasn't bad at all. In, I mean, if you want to go in the winter and you want to see snow, it does snow. So you snows can see it. it snows. Yes, Whoa. it is beautiful. Me, personally, I'm not big on the snow. I'd rather it be hot. Uh, so for me, I would say spring and summer, maybe late fall. Uh, but if hey, if you like the cold, then yeah, go in winter. And I heard Turkey has a really long history with the amount of empires that have been through this country. And, you know, what do you know about that? How they do. I mean, their history goes back like 4,000 years, I want to say. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's they have a lot to offer. And you'll see a lot of that in Istanbul. Um, so especially, like I said, with the Hagia Sophia, you'll see it going from when it was a church until the Ottoman Empire took over. And then you'll see it go to a mosque, and then it was a museum, and then back to being a mosque now. Since so the Islam same building religion. has changed hands yes. over the course of history, depending on what religion. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they've added yeah. to it. The um, the pillars, the minarets, weren't added until later by the Ottoman Empire, I okay. believe it was. So you'll see a lot of that. And when you go in there, they because it was a museum, they kept it from when I went. Um, I know recently in 2020, they just changed it back to a mosque. But from when I went by myself, like I was saying, uh, three years ago, uh, they still had some of the um, Christianity murals, paintings. Um, so it's it's amazing to see. So history, yes, they definitely have it there and you'll see it throughout Istanbul. For all you history buffs out there, you can see ruins from the Roman Empire. You can see buildings from the Byzantine era, the Ottoman era. Well, that's about wraps it up. Thanks for listening to The Appearance, a podcast for the people that want to explore the world and make traveling part of their lifestyle. Amina, thanks for coming on the podcast, by the way. Where can the listeners find you uh, via social media? So just Amina Madlam uh, is my Facebook. And yeah, I'll have pictures from my trips there if you want to see before you go. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank Thank you you so much for you guys having me. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on social media. It's the appearance on all platforms and check us out next week. Peace y'all. Peace.